Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Permit me to use an old expression for you this morning. Have you ever heard the saying, when the skies seem brass above you? It's a biblical phrase found in the great blessings and cursing chapter of Deuteronomy 28. It was on the brink of the promised land. Moses gave instructions. Joshua later reinforced them. Half the tribes of Israel were to assemble on a mountain named Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing. And half the tribes assembled on Ebal, the Mount of Cursings. Twelve blessings, blessed be the man who does this, that, or the other. And twelve cursings, cursed be the man who does this, that, or the other. A blessing or a cursing for each tribe of Israel. A blessing or a cursing for each month of the year. For each of the twelve hours of the day and the twelve hours of the night. In other words, it was a sense of inclusion, a sense of completion, and totality. In Deuteronomy 28, 23, here's what we read. Let me read it from the King James Version. Thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. A heaven of brass, an earth of iron. What's pictured here is drought and famine. No rain, no harvest. A brass heaven and an iron earth. And from that, we get the expression skies of brass. Or for this discussion and devotion today, let me simply call it a closed heaven. All this week, we're talking about a spiritual restoration, how to restore your spiritual passion. It may seem that the skies are brass above you. I want to teach you how to unlock a closed heaven. You see, when heaven is closed in Scripture, we see panic, chaos, wickedness, pain, hurt. When heaven is open in Scripture, we see health, goodness, prosperity, righteousness, plenty. Who wouldn't want an open heaven? I want to make it clear at this point, the heavens are not opened and closed based on the fickle whim of a capricious deity. The ancient pagans feared their mythological deities. Why? Their gods did not love them. Their gods were cruel, whimsical in their fancies, flawed in their character, never loved, only feared. But our one true and living God is not like that. He is holy. He is true. He is just. He is righteous. He is love. He is mercy. He cares for people. He sees. He feels. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So when the heavens seem closed above us, don't think God is sleeping. He doesn't sleep. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. Don't think God doesn't care. He does care more than we can imagine. And don't think God simply says, I'm just closing up shop for today. There will be no more answered prayers until I say so. That's not your God. And that's not why the heavens close. It is the North Star of our confidence in God, that God is good 
his mercy endures forever. It's his predisposition to do good. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his chosen and stated desire for man to live in paradise, not perdition. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. He's not an absentee landlord. He is with us, Emmanuel. He is for us. So God likes the heavens to be open just like we do. It is his gracious nature to reign on the just and unjust, to send the morning dew to everyone, to send manna with the dew, provision with kindness. It is God's preference for there to be an open heaven. Look with me at a few times in the Bible that we see the open heaven. Genesis 28 at Bethel, while Jacob slept, the heavens opened. He had a vision of a ladder coming down from heaven with angels descending and ascending upon it. It was a divine encounter, one that never left Jacob's heart and mind. Or what about Isaiah 6, when an earthly king died? The prophet Isaiah is permitted to see the throne is still occupied in heaven with the king of kings. Or in Ezekiel 1, in captivity, Ezekiel and the other captives are on the riverbank. Many weep, many mourn. But Ezekiel saw the heavens open and he had visions of God. The glory of God witnessed by Ezekiel was similar to that seen by Isaiah in chapter 6, and then by John the Revelator. Matthew 3, at the baptism of Jesus, John witnessed the Spirit descending in a voice. He heard say, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I'm talking about instances in Scripture where the heavens were open. Acts 7 is another such time. During an intense time of persecution, Stephen is being stoned. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and is permitted to gaze into an open heaven to see Jesus standing at the right hand of the throne. Do you think you can have the power to stand and withstand if you saw Jesus standing for you and looking at you and watching you? He's with you in your trials and adversity. Or what about Acts 9, Saul of Tarsus, flat on the Damascus road, experiences an open heaven. In Acts 10, in Joppa on a rooftop, the heavens open and Simon Peter is loosed from his bias, his prejudice, and narrow-mindedness. Or Revelation 4, that's my favorite of all. While in exile, John saw a door standing open in heaven and heard a voice saying, come up here and I'll show you things which must take place after this. And of course, of course, one day the heavens are going to open and we will see Jesus Christ coming with the clouds and with 10,000s of his saints. From these and other instances, we know it's God's desire to keep the heavens open. There are four things from the summary that I just gave you, four things that come with an open heaven. First is understanding. There are visions, sure words of prophecy, divine direction, 
a nail in a sure place. Revelation, illumination, insight, foresight. That's the first thing we get from an open heaven. The second is a divine encounter. What we see in the Bible is that at turning points of history, God intervenes. And there is a sense that heaven is not only open, but heaven has drawn near to us. At the hinges of history, when doors are opening on earth, doors are opening in heaven, and things done on earth as they are in heaven. When the Old Testament was giving way to the New Testament, the heavens opened again and again. When the Gentiles were being called, Stephen's martyrdom, Paul's calling, Simon Peter's vision of Cornelius, the heavens opened again and again. We are at a turning point of history, and I believe the heavens can and will open again. So the heavens open for understanding, a divine encounter, and then the third time we see heavens open is for indwelling. The Holy Spirit doesn't visit, it dwells. It takes up residence, it inhabits. As Noah sent out the dove, that emblem of the Spirit, it seeks to rest, to dwell, to abide. Against the backdrop of a world gone insane, the Holy Spirit is brooding over this world. The windows of heaven have opened and God's presence is drawing near. Wasn't that the purpose of Jesus cleansing the temple? To remove the extraneous and restore God's people to the primary position? to prayer, to call on God, to seek his face. You and I are a part of the work of God to create a place to dwell, a habitation. God still cries out, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where is my resting place in the hearts of men and women? Understanding divine encounters, indwelling. There's one more meaning of an open heaven, and that is and outpouring. Do you remember the promise found in Deuteronomy 28? The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. What God seeks to do is to bless his people, to keep the heavens shining down with favor upon those who love him. We must position ourselves properly. You see, the reason the heavens close is not God, it's man. Man is not positioned correctly for an open heaven. Man has put himself out of reach of an open heaven. How does that happen? Doubt, unbelief, pride will close the heavens. Disobedience will do likewise. How does it work? People turn from God, his ways, his words. They seek substitute deities, synthetic saviors, counterfeit Christ. At Carmel, when the false prophets, multiplied though they were, worshipped and called on their God, they got no response. The heavens were closed. But a 63-word prayer from Elijah opened the heavens, first for fire to consume the sacrifice, then for rain to heal the land. So the cure for a closed heaven is to turn with all our hearts to God to seek his face with everything inside of us. So a few years back, I drove through the Texas Hill Country to minister in a community. 
There had been no rain for some time. The rivers were dry. The stock tanks were dry. The cattle had been sold. Ranches were going bankrupt. Farms had no water for irrigation. Fields lay barren and stricken. To bring the rain, to bring the rain, that's been a lifelong quest for man. Whether it's through rain dances, sacrifice, ritual, what was considered friend science a few years ago has moved into accepted science, and that is seeding the clouds. To drop silver iodide, potassium iodide, or dry ice into the clouds to accelerate the release of rain. In scripture, a cloudless sky is considered a curse. To a culture that made its living from the land, no rain is worse than much rain. They too had a form of seeding the clouds. It was called prayer. Zechariah 10.1 asked the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. That's the cure for a closed heaven. That's the cure for spiritual restoration. Ask God. Ask God to open the heavens because it is his propensity. It is his desire to keep the heavens open. The only one that can open a closed heaven is the Lord God Almighty. And he is waiting for your prayers and my prayers to turn our face to heaven and say, brass skies, you are no more. We're praying under an open heaven. And here we will see the possibilities and the miracles and the promises fulfilled. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.